Welcome to The Audio Project with Dina Tierney. We're kicking off another episode of the Athlete Series, and we have an amazing athlete on today's episode, pro surfer Keikoa Casimiro. And I was really, really impressed because he is truly the intersection of athlete and entrepreneur or business. And I think that you will find today's podcast quite interesting. Hope you enjoy. All right, it's time for another episode of The Audio Project with Dina Tierney, and I am super stoked. We're a Hawaii-based company. It's about time we had a, a pro surfer in the room, and I'm very, very excited. Keikoa Casimiro is in our office, and thank you so much for taking time to meet with us today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So I uh, read a recent article about you, and I'm going to give a little um, introduction, well, Yes, pro surfer, but I loved the athlete-entrepreneur combination, and I'm really excited about today's talk to talk about not only an athlete's mindset, but also how that parlays into your success as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a businessman. So to give our audience some context, would you mind giving us a little overview of who you are? Um, should, everyone should already know, but just <laughs> just indulge us a little. Yeah, I'm, I'm Keiko Casimero. Uh, I grew up in Waimanalo, Hawaii. I now live in Hawaii Kai. Um, professional surfer. Uh, sustainability advocate, um, business owner. So just, you know, I consider myself a waterman and someone that just, you know, loves this community. So when did you start surfing? Let's start there. Let's just jump in. Let's jump in. (laughs) (laughs) I started surfing when I was four. So I've been in the water. my. So I'm 33 now. So I've been in the water my entire life. That's amazing. Yeah. So the ocean has been a huge part of my life. Um, You know, it's given me the platform to do everything that I do today. And I'm just really grateful for it. So tell me about that. You're a child. You're four. Who brought you in the water? How did that go? And kind of the upbringing along I mean, developing that passion. Yeah, it, it kind of happened naturally. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in Wonala where we could cross the road and get to the beach. So, you know, I was always down there running around, you know, sand sliding on my bodyboard. You know, I actually started stand-up bodyboard before I actually learned to surf. Really? And uh, what I did is I actually <laughs> would, would rake yards and I saved up money when I was about nine years old eight nine years old to buy my first surfboard at point break surf shop so my first surfboard is actually a used old yellow surfboard that was like 50 bucks wow so so entrepreneur at age nine yeah (laughs) i was raking yards so i I, you know i kind of got you know my my work ethic and you know my my will to make things happen for myself at a young age i feel like which kind of has you know been an important factor later in my life um so you know i'm naturally i you know i've always been competitive because i started competing i won my first state championship when I was eight years old, uh, oh all monobles. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been surfing, competing, like, since I can remember, to be honest. That's so awesome. Well, I always wonder about that because I think back, I think about kids, you know, you read up on Michael Jordan or any of these, right. these people, and you always hear the story, Tiger Woods, how they mm-hmm. start so young mm-hmm. and how they, they find that passion so early. So I'm always curious to find out at what point did that happen for you, but clearly very young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were there other people that really inspired you that kind of helped you develop that or were you just you loved the water and so it was just such a natural thing for you it it was a natural thing it was crazy because like you know I didn't really find out about you know guys who I looked up to you know like you know Kelly Slater or you know Sonny Garcia or or guys like that till I really started competing and getting into it you know and then just being in the ocean just is where I found my happiness it's you know it's honestly I you know I tell my fiance every every day today that it's you know it's given me everything I have in life I mean truly um, you know, it's taught me to be humble. It's taught me to appreciate, you know, where I'm from and where I live. It's also, you know, been a huge factor in, you know, me doing, you know, community initiatives and, you know, towards sustainability and taking care of the ocean and, all, you know, all the life that's in there. So, 
it's just something I fell in love with. And I feel like that's really just, you know, where it started was my true love for the ocean. Like I could, I could surf without having to compete or get paid for it like I do now. And I would still surf every single day. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the journey to becoming pro. Did, did you, did you set a goal when you were younger to like, I want to do it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So tell me about how that looked and like how you uh, reach that level. What does it take for someone to break, break into that? You need to, uh, so obviously when you're younger, you want to hang out with your friends and you want to go do this and do that. And, you know, for me, it was, I was so focused on being the best surfer, you know, in whatever, you know, bracket I was in, whether it was, you know, open men's, NSSA, HASA, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to compete against the best in Hawaii. I wanted to surf the best waves in Hawaii and compete against the best in the best waves and really, truly test my ability. So I remember you know, just completely breaking down and and being so hard on myself when I was 11, 12 years old, competing at States, getting second place. And I would, I would go into like a full day of just crying all day long because I got second place. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew I was like, wow, I'm like kind of scary competitive where like, this is consuming me. You know what I mean? But you know, it's, it's just, it's rolled over and it's been a huge, you know, factor in my life now, you know, with my business being competitive, I never want to settle for anything. I never want to settle you know for any less than the best i can possibly do and being the best version of myself so you know it's in order to you know get on that level though there's so much sacrifice you know whether it's training it's you know putting in the work surfing every day going to sleep early waking up crack of dawn i mean all the kids know that they got to wake up early and you know to surf the best waves they got to surf in the evenings to get the best condition so it's just always being you know just on that routine of every day getting better Tell, I mean, tell me what your training routine looks like. Like, break it down. I mean, is it yeah. all day? I mean, like, yeah. like what I mean, does it look like in a given week? <laughs> I mean, now since, you know, I own my business, I, you know, I, I try to, you know, give my time in certain areas, you know, a little bit more. I got to focus on, you know, certain things. But, you know, when I am, I'm actually in training camp right now, getting ready for the WSL uh, Sunset Pro coming up in late October. Awesome. So I just started working with my nutritionist last week, which has been brutal. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we got training camp, strength and conditioning three or four days a week. And then we're wow. surfing anywhere from, you know, four to six hours a day minimum. Gosh. Yeah. So we did that when we were training for nationals as kids. So it's just having that program, you know, and staying, you know, sharp mentally and, and mm-hmm. physically. What When it's time for the competition. So mm-hmm. you're, you're focused on that during the training when it's the day like the day comes for the competitions what 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 is your train of thought like what goes through your mind and how do you just rely on the practice like hey I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trusting the process I'm trusting what I did what what happens in your mind you must compete too because you get the thought process <laughs> <laughs> You're like yeah that <laughs> yeah so just like you said it's it's knowing that you did everything you could do to prepare you know what I mean because I'll, I'll be very transparent there is events I went into where I didn't prepare mm-hmm. that like I should have and I, I felt that you know what I mean and I you go through that in, in stages in your career and you know it, it happened a lot early on when I started my business so I was competing at sunset I feel like I didn't physically prepare enough I feel like I so that f- affected me mentally mm-hmm. so every event I go into I like to always prepare physically and feel good you know it's like one of my training partners uh, Dustin Kimura you know we, we do you know cardio he's one of my partners we run around Kalama Valley and we do you know all of our cardio together and I always just think of how like we just absolutely kill ourselves but then that prepares us for like sunset it's like doing a full sprint across a football field because when you're catching a wave and you're paddling out it's pure cardio so when i'm in that flow state i'm competing and my breathing correct and everything and we've we've worked on that outside of the contest that's when you feel optimal and you feel prepared and that's when i perform my best is when i know i'm ready yeah 
Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That that's really cool. And I I ask about it too because I think about our audience as um, you know, a variety of business leaders, but mm-hmm. also the entrepreneur side right. of things and how that translates into sort of the day-to-day. And I know you have a business too, so I want to talk about that real mm-hmm. fast. Can you sh- give us um, a little overview about AVA and tell us, you know, what it's about, mm-hmm. when it started. Give us a little 411 on that. Yeah, so AVA uh, Ambassadors with Aloha. I uh, started it back in the beginning of 2018. So I obviously, you know, I've always been kind of had, you know, entrepreneurial spirit and just wanted to kind of do my own thing. So I, you know, long story short, I rode for, you know, Hurley International, Oakley Surfing, Reef, uh, for companies like that for over 15 years. And, you know, we did collaborations on board shorts, we did mini collections together, capsules. So that was always my passion, mm-hmm. was connecting with my fans, not only through my surfing, but creating cool product of like yeah. stuff that I came up with creatively. So oh, I was cool. able to, you know, roll over into that kind of, but, you know, the logistics of, you know, owning your own business, production, shipping, EDI, all that stuff is mm-hmm. stuff that I was completely green to. So I had to take a bit of a crash course, <laughs> really, you <laughs> know, learn on, learn on the go, you know, and, and I'm thankful because, you know, now I'm partnered with, you know, my partner now, Josh Merrill, who's owns one of the largest manufacturing and production facilities in Northern America. And I learned everything I know from him. And, you know, it's, it's been a amazing transition because I've, you know, taken what I've learned from surfing and competing and, you know, being in uncomfortable situations. And that's the only way really, truly you're going to grow in business mm-hmm. is by surrounding yourself by people who are better than you. They're smarter than you. They're wealthier than you. And that's the mindset I've had. I don't ever want to be the guy in the room where I know everything. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy. And I'm never ashamed to ask questions. And you have to be that way in surfing, too. If you're going to have, you know, this ego or you're going to be feel like you're the best and you have no room for improvement, you're never going to get better. And I had to take that and really factor that into my business mindset as well. And that's how I just became a sponge and I just learned. Yep. So I sat around, I asked questions, you know, even sometimes when I felt stupid, I still asked that question mm-hmm. and I learned And People would, you know, walk out of rooms after I'm sitting in a room of, you know, 12 guys in our conference room. They're all twice my age and they're, they walk out, they go, hey, it's really refreshing to see a kid that doesn't know it all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just want to learn. I'm not here to act like I know everything. I'm here to learn from you guys because you guys have been in this industry for 30 plus years and you guys are all pioneers in the industry and I have nothing but respect for you guys. So I want to learn. Yeah. So that was my mindset, you know, kind of transitioning over. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm really big on, um, always having a beginner's mindset, mm-hmm. always having a lifelong learning. And that was a great example. And I think tied to that, I'm curious, like you, you mentioned always having people around you that can elevate you that are better than you. How did you find the partner or how did you get into what kind of tips or how would you sort of lay that out for someone to say here's how you get these connections Um, were there any interesting stories from your kind of partnerships that you developed along the way yeah and and it crosses over back to surfing you know I I, you know made these great relationships over the years and you know I've you know won events and you know I've made relationships with guys like you know Pat Sonori the you know the founder of Ruka because at one point I was actually going to ride for Ruka and just never worked out because I was with Hurley for like I said 15 years so even Bob Hurley Bob Hurley has given me so much advice on my brand now. And these are all guys who have created Hurley, Ruka, and you're talking about like, and my partner does all of their production for them for the last 20 plus years. So, you know, it's, it's just been, you know, a, a learning curve for me, but, you know, surrounding yourself with people like that and, you know, being in the surf world and, you know, my interest for that side of the business, you know, a lot of surfers just surf, compete, that's it. I was always really curious about that other side of the business, like, when I went to Hurley headquarters and I got the tours, like I was in the office, I was like looking around and like trying to learn stuff and going into the design room. Bob's like, oh, you like this stuff. I was like, I love this stuff. 
I mean, obviously I'm in it now. Yeah. So, you know, just, you know, cut and sew, all that stuff has always been a passion of mine. But like you said, just, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people and making meaningful relationships and just learning and just, you know, beginner's mindset. Like mm-hmm. you said, I just always want to learn. I never want to be the guy that knows everything. And, you know, that's, it's been working for me and, you know, we're on the right path right now with my company. You know, it's becoming profitable. We have great retail partners now, you know, island wide in Japan, uh, West so coast, cool. East coast. So that's so yeah, awesome. Excited. Well, in hearing you say that, what I hear is that you worked hard and you made you you proved yourself as an amazing athlete, and mm-hmm. you got yourself that attention. It built mm-hmm. you those really. Then you could actually have that connection to make yes. with someone. You got to establish that credibility mm-hmm. through all the hard work that you put in since you were four. Right. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, it didn't just. I can't just roll up to the you know yeah. the games and be like, hey, <laughs> Ruka, you guys want to talk? Yeah, yeah. You're you're absolutely right. It's it's. I, that's why I always I, I make it known to you and I always say this, you know, whether it's on my social post, the ocean has has given me everything. The ocean, that's why I have so much love for it. And I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I feel the need to give back to it and give back to, you know, our coastlines, our ecosystems, because the ocean's given me everything. It gave me the platform to do what I'm doing. It's given me, you know, the relationships I have to even do what I'm doing now. And it, it is, it's my life's work because, you know, for me, it was hard to accept the fact that I wasn't going to be on the WSL world tour. That was always the end goal for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to perform at the highest level, compete at the highest level. And it didn't happen. I had the, one of the most successful amateur careers ever. I was the only person to win five consecutive state titles here in Hawaii. Amazing. And, you know, it was, it was just written everywhere that I was going to be on tour and, Unfortunately, the way the WSL is set up is, you know, we surf waves that, you know, in Virginia Beach or Huntington Beach to qualify to waves to surf Tahiti and Fiji, which to me doesn't really make sense of the format. And I let WSL know that all the time. They know how I feel. So I had to go surf all these waves that are, you know, knee high in order to compete to surf the most, the biggest, most perfect waves in the world. And for me, it didn't work out. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I perform well, I perform good in, in good waves. So for me to accept the fact that I wasn't going to be on the world, you know, surf league world championship tour, it was heartbreaking for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now that I look back on it, I am where I am now and I'm in a position where I'm going to be able to set up my family for the rest of my life. If our projections continue to go the way they're supposed to go and I just stay on the path I'm in now, it's like, this is what I was meant to do. I'm still able to surf. And it's so cool because now I'm in a position to like sponsor these young kids that are surfing. Like, you know, we have, you know, Mateus, we got this kid, Ian Montgomery, um, and we have all these young kids in the community that want to ride for my brand and I'm able to give them gear and they're stoked. And it's like, that's come full circle for me. That's so like rewarding. now I'm the guy hooking yeah. these, all these cool kids up around my community and they're all like, can we get sponsored? Can we get stickers? And I remember that was me. Yeah. So this is where I'm meant to be. I'm, I'm, I, I know, you know, God had a plan for me and this is always where I was meant to be. So it's, it's really cool to kind of be in a position I'm in now. Cool. I want to ask you about the brand aesthetic yeah. before I do. What is the tallest wave? You got to tell me that. <laughs> when you said knee high, I was like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were competing on. The, the biggest wave uh, probably I've ever surfed would probably be Hawaiian style. Let me think about this. So eight, 18 to 20. So Holy like 40 God. foot, 40, oh 36, 40 God. foot face. Yeah, I can't even, size of a telephone pole maybe. I can't even picture it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I it's can't a it's a giant it. wall of water <laughs> coming at you, and you're like, oh, this is a big this is a big wall of water coming at me. So, like oh, I said, wow. just being prepared and you know being in a position where you know you can handle that, and you've worked your whole life to be able to surf it. Because yeah. once you make take that drop, you make that wave. 
it's life-changing. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. I, it's <laughs> really hard to fathom. I, it's hard to even fathom how you train for that. I know we're going, I'm going a little tangential, but I'm like, no. how do they teach you that? Like, okay, oh. is it the same, <laughs> the discipline that you learn at a forefoot or whatever many, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same principles or does it start to change when it gets bigger and bigger? Oh, it, it changes. I mean, you obviously yeah. have to be prepared to be held underwater for a long period of time. So, like, you know, Kimo Middlesworth used to train, you know, Zeke Lau and I, he's actually on the championship tour now. Was it, he's one of my really good friends, and he was my training partner. And we training Kamehameha, the Olympic pool, and we'd be, you know, strapping harnesses around our waist that would stop us from moving anywhere. And we'd be doing like full minute long sprints in the pool, so you feel like you're drowning, Gosh. and you're you're having to, you know, keep your breath and focus on your breathing so you don't just, you know what I mean. So it's mm-hmm. putting Not yourself in uncomfortable situations, whether it's you know rock running underwater at Waimea and getting on the beach, running sprints down the beach, right back out. I mean, there's been training situations where I was very close to passing out, you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, but that's how you prepare for those situations. And, mm-hmm. you know, free diving, you also too were able to provide food for our family and, you know, just working on your breath hold with that, it all kind of translates back to surfing and being comfortable that's underwater. So crazy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of sports are more predictable, mm-hmm. right? You're yeah. inside a court, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're yeah. on the field. Controlled environment. Yeah, but we like, don't have that. you don't have that. We do not have that. Like, it is, you have to be prepared for anything that could potentially happen. And, and that's another thing too, like adversity. Like, we never get the same conditions as the heat before us or the heat after us. So guys get more opportunity or sometimes less. And, mm-hmm. you know, that adversity that I constantly had to deal with, you know, I remember, never forget this, but I remember competing and, you know, the heat was, before mine was perfect waves, the whole heat. Mm-hmm. And then my heat was flat the next heat. And the guys were catching insiders and I was so mad. And I like slammed my board on the beach and I was like, and it's, but it, 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 over time when that kept happening, that was adversity. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much adversity, obviously, you know, in business, you know, in retail, especially as you would trip out on some of the stories I have, but <laughs> You know, supply chain issues, that, that adversity, I, me having to do with that my entire amateur career at, at a young age made me be able to be more, you know, I accept adversity. Mm-hmm. I look at it like, okay, what's, you know, plan A, B, C yeah. after that, you know what I mean? So so when was, they're like, hey, there's a supply chain issue, you're like, yeah, like, I'm like seriously, okay. I've dealt with way worse than I got, this. I got a plan. Yeah, I've, I've, done, I've done, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Like, I can breathe right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. not held underwater, so yeah. this is no big deal. My team trips out on me sometimes. They're like, how are you so cool with this? I'm like, dude, I've been through a lot with surfing. Trust me, this is like translating over. We're good. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, I mean, first of all, this is a great look. I really yeah, like the look you. of it. What was the inspiration? Share a little bit about that. I know, for, at least from a look, and I know that the brand means something too. So maybe right. both aspects. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So again, it just all ties back, kind of, to you know what I do in life. You know, I'm a waterman. I, I surf, dive, foil. You know, we we live in the ocean. So you know, one one of the sayings that we have, we actually trademark. It's actually like our uh, Nike just do it. So ours is inspired by the elements. So okay. that's that's our that's our tagline for and our saying for all of our stuff. So we have up on our mood board, our inspiration board, inspired by the elements. So a lot of our washes you see, we go through anywhere from eight to ten rounds of washes to accomplish a look. And all the looks are actually inspired by like coral reefs, you know, bays, mountain ranges, you know, like the Nepali coast. Amazing. I mean, so colors, you know, Pantone colors, uh, washes, our cut and sew, everything, all of our treatments. All of these things are inspired by the elements, whether it's the ocean, Makoto Makai, all of that stuff. So what's really cool is I'm able to walk into a retailer and not just be like, hey, there's a shirt with my logo on it. It's like once I actually dive into like what the shirt actually means, mm-hmm. they're like, wait, what? Like, for instance, our, our board shorts, uh, they're called the Ku Camel board shorts. The camel print on the board short is different 
colors of teal and blue that I got a picture of Makapu looking out and each individual shape in that is a Hawaiian island. Kauai, Molokai, Hawaii. So there's all different shapes, but that's what consists of the camel. So when the retailers heard that, they're like, oh, I need those. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, so it's a cool story. So our, you know, our POPs and everything that we have set up at our pop-up shops at Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's, it gives a story of what the product actually means and what's behind it, which is the point of difference for us in uh, you know, an industry full of people just slapping logos on tees. For sure. So there's a meaning behind everything, which is the difference for us. Yeah, that's really cool looking. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I, yeah, I really like it. I know I'm a bit older than you and i remember the that kind of i mean it's mm-hmm. not as cool I mean, yours is way cooler yeah. <laughs> but like i remember like that being sort of it's like a nice bringing back a new uh, an older style too yeah, but like sure. in a nice fresh way and i mm-hmm. really like it thank you um so in kind of closing ish um mm-hmm. i wanted to talk to you a little bit about your sustainability efforts a bit more mm-hmm. i know you talked about the, the brand aesthetic and the inspiration behind that but mm-hmm. Tell me about your community efforts and, um, yeah, what are some of the obje- the things you do and the objectives that you have, what you're trying to accomplish there, too? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically, you know, for our sustainability efforts, you know, we feel the need that we really need to give back to our community. You know, like we say, our stuff is inspired by the elements and all of our stuff is inspired by the ocean, the coral reefs, all that stuff. So, like, I really made it important to my team and my partner. And he's, he's big on this, too is that we need to make an effort as a brand to really dive back into our community and really do something that's meaningful. You know, and and there are a lot of brands out there that slap their logo on beach cleanups and stuff like that, but it's like, is the founder of that brand really out there putting in the work? You know what I mean? So recently what we did is I I collaborated with uh, Kahi Picaro. He's actually a really good friend of mine. Um, And he's the Pacific Director for Parley TV. Um, He's the founder of Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii. Nice. So we partnered with them, and what we did is we did a week-long activation on the Kaibi Coast, which is from Pele's Chair all the way to Holona. So that's the entire Sandy Beach. Wow. So we did, you know, removal of, you know, invasives like the Halikoa, you know, that's taken over the Napakas. We went down there, and, you know, we did a full scan of the beach. So we were able to collect over 3,000 pounds of trash. Gosh, it was amazing. crazy, yeah. So and including invasives, even more. So my Tacoma was full every day of trash when we were doing the trash runs, and you wouldn't even believe what we were pulling out of the napakas over there in the bushes. It was crazy. We found toilets, like what? <laughs> we found <laughs> bottles, like you you name it, we found it. Wow. So what was cool is like my brand, the way that we were able to even bring more to the table is, you know, I utilize my relationships I have. So my boy Aaron Kai, who's a really well-known Native Hawaiian artist, he does, you know, he just painted Marshmallow's helmet. He does stuff wow. for, you know, Chris Brown's album cover. He's, he's really cool, kind of more street-inspired, like yeah. action sports, like kind of like our brand. Mm-hmm. So we did a collaboration with him, and he designed a little mini collection. So what we did is we donated all the proceeds from that mini collection back to all the Native Hawaiian organizations and nonprofits right. that donated their time to come down and bring their volunteers to do all these beach cleanups, marine animal response, Huinalu, Livable Hawaii Kai, Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, Parley TV. So all of them, we were able to raise money and give money back to those organizations so they can keep doing what they're doing and preserving our ecosystems and coastlines. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was cool that I was able to utilize my platform and, you know, create this mini collection with my business and do something rad. And, you know, we did a post activation at Bishop Museum. I just became a whole Pili ambassador for them as well. So they let us host our stuff at the Parley Air Station, and we celebrated the week's work, and it was That's it was awesome. So cool. Well, I think it's cool because it, it's like it's completely full circle. I know you said it earlier, but the idea that the ocean has given you yep. so much, and for you to kind of 
bring everyone else around that mm -hmm. and um, give back to the areas where you have the most gratitude, probably. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's super cool. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, really good. Um, for our audience, I'm just mm -hmm. going to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, I think we talked on so many good points and I'll, I'll draw them out, but mm -hmm. um, if you, you know, as you look over your career, what are some of those like big lessons that maybe you would say to anyone who's looking at either starting a business or a leader who's in the middle of an adverse situation. Right. If there's a, a powerful message that you would have, I'd, I'd love to hear it. I, I'll use your inspiration <laughs> advice right now. <laughs> I need it. Do not give up. <laughs> I love it. There, there are going to be days, whether if you're trying to become the best athlete, best version of yourself competing, or you're a business owner running your own business, or you're working your way up to be a very important person within that business. There's going to be days where you're sitting there and you're like, what am I doing? Like, is, am I just like completely like in the, like, why? You know, there's going to be, I, I'm, I'm being transparent. Yeah. I wake up sometimes and I'm like, I look at my fiance and I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> do, are, are we still doing this? Like, <laughs> she's like, she looks at me and she goes, you remember all those days you sacrificed, all the things we sacrificed this day, that day, point stuff out, like it's the things that we've been doing, building it. And it's been enjoy the journey too mm -hmm. it's been so fun and like sometimes you get too close to something you know what i mean you don't really appreciate or see the growth and sometimes you do have to celebrate the little wins do that as well like you see something cool that you think is cool i mean i'm not saying you know you know start to feel like you're killing it and let off the gas not like right. that but enjoy the little wins and yep. enjoy the journey and you know look at the situations and adversity when it gets thrown at you and just you know you're never gonna be successful or accomplish anything without failure too you need mm -hmm. to know that. That's something that's just going to happen. And it's made me actually, you know, change the path that I've been on for the better in so many different ways. So just do not give up. <laughs> Keep going. You got this. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. And mm -hmm. definitely um, speaks to me, too. I um, I just I'm sorry. I'm kind of going tangential again. When I hear you talk, I'm like, oh, um, but. We, I just got back from this thing where there's um, a lot of women who just started businesses right. on That's the Salesforce awesome. platform. And th someone said something like, I feel like we're just going adversity to adversity to adversity. I mean, you're just like, <laughs> and that thing. And you just, like you said, don't stop. Just yeah. keep, you're going to have them, right? Yeah. So when you accept it, and then, like you said, I think celebrating along the way is a great, mm -hmm. it's a really great tip without letting off the gas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, I'm, I love your brand. I love Thank you so everything much. about everything you just said. It's super interesting and very inspirational. Awesome. Um, and I'm sure our audience will gain a lot of value from that. So I appreciate you taking time. Epic. Thank you so us. much for having me. Yeah. Pleasure coming on. Thank you. Okay. Wow. What an amazing honor to have Kekoa on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, and what a truly inspiring story of determination, hard work, and focus. Please find me on social at Dina White. I would love to hear from you.